Welcome back to Go Mad, the show that's all about making a difference as Christ's ambassadors. Well, if you take part in social media in any way, shape, or form, you've probably seen something about what's going on at Asbury University in Kentucky. With Doug out this week, Brad gets to talk about revival with one of our favorite Hutchcrafts, Ron Hutchcraft. Brad, Ron, and I discuss not so much the ins and outs of what God is doing at Asbury, but focus more on us. How do we respond? Where are our hearts at? What do we do moving forward? All this and more. Without further ado, let's go mad. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Go Mad with Doug and Brad, minus the Doug. That's right. Now, I have to tell you, we said in our last episode, which a lot of you have downloaded and checked out, and we so appreciate that. It was about the honor challenge, and we're like, hey, next time we're here, our wives are going to be here, and we're going to be talking and all this, and our wives are not here, nor is Doug here. Because Doug actually is uh, in the uh, recovery mode from some uh, delayed dental surgery. It's we won't go into all of it, but um, so the the reality is that's actually not why we're doing a different episode. It's because God is on the move doing something, and we really were like, man, we got to talk about this. We got a lot of things we want to cover with this. So in place of Doug, we do have Jesse here. Jesse, hello. So. Jesse's here, and uh, the um, I, I will say that as much as I am excited to have our guest in studio, it can't really take the place of staring across the table at my wife, but still, my dad, Ron Hutchcraft, is here with us today. What a disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've never been mistaken for Sarah. I never will be. No, we are, we're actually really uh, just grateful that uh, my dad was able to be here with us today because what we're going to be talking about, if you have been living under a rock for a while. I have. You have? Yeah. Wow. Well, let me bring you up to speed. Thanks, Brad. Let hmm. me tell you what's going on. There's this thing going on at Asbury University in Kentucky. Now, I want to set the stage for what this is, but what I want our listeners to know is today is not about talking about what's happening there. We, we need to acknowledge what's happening there and want you to know about it, but we are talking about so much more than that, how we see some of what's happening there take place in our own lives, starting in our homes, our families, our churches, our businesses, whatever it might be. So if you're sitting there like, oh, I have heard so much about Asbury University, that's not this episode. We're going to be talking about really an attitude of revival today. So here we go. On Wednesday, February 8th, chapel happened as usual at Asbury University. There's been no as usual since then. <laughs> There's That's been a fact. not a, barely a moment of it, at least up to where we're at right now. Now, some things even this week are they're trying to kind of shift some things a little bit and follow the leading of the Spirit. But why have things not been normal? Well, a very small group of students on February 8th stayed behind after chapel to just worship quietly, to pray more, to be at the front at the altar, to do business with God on some things that he was stirring in their hearts and lives. What I can tell you is they did not go up there saying, let's start a revival right now. That is not what happened. They said, hmm. God is speaking to our hearts. We need to stay and talk with them. Soon other students started coming back in, and, and then the chapel was filled again. And the ongoing service, chapel service, just kept going 
and going. They hit the 100-hour mark. They hit the 200-hour mark. They just have continued in a state of worship and prayer and repentance, and they have walked through this time as a student body being shepherded, praise God, by godly leaders at the college who are listening to the Holy Spirit in all of this. But no celebrities, no big Christian artists, no great speaker. In you, fact, everybody knows. Tucker Carlson, Fox News. They you know, he's well known and he says, "Hey, I'm going to cover this." And they did a little story on it and then they wanted to go bring a crew there and they yeah. said, "You know what? This isn't about that. This isn't about the celebrity. This isn't about they've had worship leaders who have said, we can come and help out with the right heart, I think, with saying we want to come out. But the school said, please don't come. Absolutely. And why, Dad? Why did why do you feel they said to these folks, they, they weren't trying to be mean. Why do you think they said, please don't come? Because this began so spontaneously and so in such an unmanaged and unmanipulated way. It was, it was supernaturally natural the way it came about. Nobody planned it. Nobody scheduled it. And they were doing their best to keep no human fingerprints from mm. getting on it so that it would remain a move of God and pure. And that, you know, they were, they were trying to protect it from the intrusion of it becoming an event and let it be a move of God. And event and spontaneous move of God aren't really good friends. They don't get along too well. No, so. I, you know what? So, Jesse, you've seen some of this on social media, right? Have you checked it out some? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so let me put it this way. This is the first event like this in the history of the American church, history of the church, really, that has been able to have all eyes on it. All yeah. of a sudden, mm, it media. is. Mm. It, yep. And we won't get into this right now, but that gives us a glimpse of end time stuff where you Ooh. get to see, talk about a gospel explosion and you talk about being able to reach far and wide in a moment's notice. Well, we get a glimpse of that because all of a sudden social media is filled with this and you're seeing live streams from the worship services and everything. But what that has done is everyone has become an armchair quarterback hmm. where it has been, I shouldn't say everyone. There's a lot of people who are saying, Hey, just let it happen. But there's a lot of people on social media who have said, you know what? Well, what about this? Did you just see what happened there? I, well, what about who's doing this? Who's doing that? And the reality is, is that are we flawed humans? We are. Would the people at Asbury university say everything is done perfectly? They would not. But what they would say is we have done our best to follow the Lord's leading. I, it's interesting. Did you see uh, over the weekend, 20,000 people traveled from across the U.S., wow. uh, from Canada, from overseas. They're trying to go. Why? Because there's a hunger. Mm, yeah, there is a yeah. hunger for God right now in this world, a hunger for things from the Lord, a hunger for Jesus. And there are people saying, I don't know what this is, but I want a taste of it. I want to see what God's doing. You know, beyond what's occurring and, and has gone on at Asbury, I think um, this morning, literally, I woke up and God, God just seemed to be kind of speaking to me about what does this mm. all mean? And standing back from a bigger picture, could it be that God has said, I have more 
for you than you have experienced. All of you, you've been, you've done everything mm. right at church. You give to the right stuff. You believe the right beliefs. You go to the right meetings. You serve. You're doing all. You're doing good stuff. But there's more. There's so much more I have to pour out on you. And he has. We needed a picture. We needed. Something oh, that would, God said, I want to show you what a more can look like. Not exactly like what happened at the university, but I want to show you that there is more. And I believe that a lot of people that are, are with us right now with this podcast, in their heart, even though they do all the right things, are saying, I feel like there is more. So could it be that God has done this spontaneous thing. I call it spontaneous combustion. Nobody <laughs> started it. Nobody scheduled it. Nobody managed it. Nobody produced it. And uh, I looked up spontaneous combustion this morning. Did you? It is ignition. I did not. <laughs> well, okay. Well, um, shame on you. <laughs> I thought everybody had. Um, spontaneous combustion is ignition without apparent cause. That's exactly what has that, yeah. that has what what and by the way it is spreading to church youth groups to to uh, uh, other universities oh, sure. other colleges are reporting on similar kinds of uh, spontaneous things going on things igniting spiritually without an apparent human cause so I believe that that God has been perhaps giving us something that would make us want to open up to a bigger more. The, the more that we are made for that we have not yet experienced to perhaps stir our apathy and our contentment mm. and to expose the mediocrity of what we're accepting as the whole Christian deal and ain't the whole deal. He's got more. He's got more. You know, and that's really good because I think that's important for those who have gotten so pulled into focusing on just what's happening there. Yeah. I, Jesse, when you... I'm just curious because when I first was hearing about it, I know it was going through my heart and mind, but when someone talks about revival, just what are mm. some of the things that go through your mind as far as kind of current modern day when people bring that up? Yeah. A lot of times I think people use the word revival in substitution of uh, just meetings, um, mm, maybe yeah. more frequent meetings than normal. Maybe a certain kind of meeting that has a certain mm. flavor to it. Mm -hmm. um, so initially hearing revival, it just kind of falls off for me. I don't think too much of it. Um, but as I started, you actually brought it up to me, Brad. I really didn't know what was going on until you had mentioned it. And as I started looking into it for myself, seeing God as the author seems to be what makes it distinctive. Mm. Um, there, It's one thing to call a number of meetings, a revival, to plan it. It's another thing when God is clearly the one planning it, hmm. not people. Yeah, you know, I, I really like what you said. I think that we've driven by so many signs that say revival yeah, service. I was, and I, uh, Can I get us in trouble? You, uh, oh, yeah. why not? Okay, good. It won't be a first. We'll just uh, give out your email instead no, of no. ours. No, but, are they <laughs> well, I think we were going down the same track, Brad. You know, you'll see revival next week. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I hope I hope they notify the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, the, does he know? Uh, and these things are. It, you look at historically in, in uh, for centuries, 
it's always been like Jesse said, God initiated, not yeah. man planned or man scheduled. I know what people mean by that. It's a special series of meetings. But that's but why it's been uh, it's been cheapened a little bit. Yeah. And I don't mean mm-hmm. those are bad meetings. What I mean is when people hear it, sometimes it leads them to skepticism first. And I don't think we can call something a revival right away. Honestly, historically, Mm. this would be true of what's happened among Christians. I think we could call it this, an outpouring. And there was a theology prof from Asbury who referred to it as an outpouring. The Holy Spirit, God has seemed to open up heaven and just dump something very special at that point. He's done it other times in history. And uh, so there's been an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The test of it is what happens when this particular phase of it is over and people return to their everyday lives. Back in 1801, when I was a boy um, (laughs) in uh, in northwest Kentucky, like this area, there was a revival that proved to be a revival because it literally changed one of the most profane, godless places on the American frontier, Kentucky. They said overnight. I mean, you couldn't even hear a word of profanity after that. It was just like everything was changed. And and the, the believers that had been ignited in that revival experience went out and changed their world. It spread across the American frontier at that point. So let's, we'll wait and see before we'll see if it's a revival. But the fact is, it has been an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's like a launch from Cape Canaveral, that big ball of fire that takes a lot of energy yep. to lift that thing off the ground. But it's more than a liftoff. We don't just stand there and, and, and say, wait, well, you know, I want to see another liftoff. How soon is there another liftoff? We got, now comes the mission, yep. and that's what the launch was for. Well, and I think the reality is that there are a lot of people who kind of are sitting there saying, I know this isn't what you're saying, who are sitting there saying, we'll see. We'll see if it's revival. And that is true. We will see that. But don't miss what God is currently doing because you're not sure of where it's going to end. Don't miss the story right now of that that God is writing. What I want you to hear from real quick is uh, uh, what is great is when someone you trust Look, did I want to go there with my family? I did. I really wanted to be able to go Mm. there, but the Lord really kind of laid on my heart something different with that. And we wound up saying, no, we're not supposed to be there right now. But when someone goes that you trust and uh, you get to hear from them, I love some of the things that my nephew, Jordan Whitmer, he he runs the organization How to Life. He's been on this podcast. Mm -hmm. He did go down there because he works with this age group. And he was like, I need to see what God's doing. And he just went down for about a 24-hour period. Listen to just a little of what he had to say. From what I saw in the room, it was truly genuine and really special what was going on. A massive focus on Jesus, a massive focus on Christ. There was a lot of worship of people just singing to Jesus. And uh, there were no frills, no fancy lights, no fog machines, nothing like that. This was a time of simple worship and people worshiping the Lord, featuring a lot of prayer and featuring a lot of repentance and just breakthroughs happening in people's lives of uh, people repenting of sin, specific sin in their life. And and all of these things, when prayer and repentance are the focus of something, that, those are the ingredients of what revival has looked like historically. For those of you that are skeptical, wondering, is this something, is this legit? Is God really doing something here? 
I would say, yeah, I, from what I could tell, I go to a lot of Christian events. I'm a ministry leader. I help plan ministry events. I've been in many rooms uh, where a lot of people are like, revival, let's go. And and it's not always. So uh, I am just as skeptical when I hear the word revival, like, is this real? Is this legit? What's going on? But from what I saw, I was encouraged. I was inspired. So if you're seeing these stories, like, I think we have permission to be encouraged and to take hope and take heart in what we're seeing and to try to see this spread to our lives and our communities. My encouragement for you is a few things. First off, be encouraged. God is at work. We should champion and celebrate what's going on in Kentucky because something special is going on and it's very amazing to see. Second, this should be something that can happen anywhere. It's not just limited to Kentucky. This could happen anywhere in the world, in your nation, in your city. God can work. And third, it starts with us. May we repent. May we pray. May we seek after Jesus and everything and be consecrated to living for him. What you hear Jordan talking about there is what I like to point out is there's a genuineness. There's just this, it's natural. It's just something that has started naturally and keeps going that direction, that it's not forced, that there is anytime someone walks into that room, all I know is every time, even the greatest skeptic I've heard that has gone there has said, I was there for two minutes and I felt different. Uh, this, I... Uh, I think this might be the one you're referring to, Dad. Thomas McCall from Asbury Theological yeah. Seminary. Mm -hmm. A couple of things he said. He said, typically he's cautious about things like this. He said, I've never seen anything like this. There was a calm serenity, inexpressible joy and hope, surrounded by this sense of holy love and belonging. And he said, God is undeniably at work. Those I, are characteristics of the presence of God. It's all through Scripture. right? It really is, and I love what he went on to say. He said, the, this extraordinary moment does not replace the ordinary ways that God works. Uh -huh. But wow, he said, should we ever be grateful for the extraordinary? We ought to thank God for it. That's it. We need to be, when it comes to Asbury, before we look at how we can really look at this in our own lives, thank God for what he's doing. And pray for all those involved. Pray for the students that this would take root. Pray for the leaders that are shepherding these sensitive hearts and this God moment that is taking place there. Use it as a time to pray, not as a time to post stuff that says, I don't know if this is real. It'll show. We'll see what happens. But right now what God is doing is real there based on what all these people who I trust these voices who are going and saying, this is real. God is doing something. Here's what we know. God would love to hear from each of us saying, God, if there's more you have for me, and I believe there is, I'm wide open. I am not going to keep you in a box. Mm. I think God is busting boxes these days. Oh, and he's yeah. like, I'm not going to be in the same old business as usual, the way you've always wanted me to do things. I'm breaking out. He's not a God who will stay in box very well. He's anti-box. And uh, you remember that once upon a time, there were three disciples that were invited by Jesus to go up on a mountain with him. Well, that'll be nice, a nice view. Are we, ta <laughs> are we taking a lunch? Little did they know the view was incredible. It was literally celestial because obviously that was where Jesus was displayed in his heavenly glory. Elijah and Moses, what in the world? Heaven came down. And they just got to stay there, right? For the and rest, they oh, just— thank you, Simon Peter. They... That's exactly <laughs> what he said. He's like, can we keep this going? And he said, he said, can we build three tabernacles? Uh, tabernacles 
tabernacles. There you go. Yeah. Can we build three <laughs> tabernacles here? Can we sustain this incredible event? We're right here. And Jesus, and a voice came from heaven and said, I don't want you to do anything here except save, except see Jesus only. The whole purpose of that was to have an experience where they saw Jesus in all his glory, not to stay there, yeah. but to take yep. it down to the valley because at the bottom of that mountain was a demon and a boy mm. waiting for them that nobody could deliver. And literally the devil was waiting at the bottom of the mountain and what was needed was people who had seen all the glory of Jesus to go down into the valley. And that experience was followed one week later by the crucifixion of Jesus. They needed that vision of a big Jesus in all his glory for what they were about to see a week later, followed then by a resurrection, followed then by a great commission to go and reach the world, 11 guys at that time. So uh, that's, if you put it in context, yes, we always want to keep the high going. Yeah. We do. It is needed, so we will see Jesus bigger than we ever saw him before. And that's what to be asking him for. That's the moral of the story here is not, you can't replicate spontaneous combustion by its very definition. It was spontaneous. How can you, how can you replicate spontaneity but let God do his spontaneous thing in you? Yeah, you know you mentioned seeing Jesus as the purpose. And if you look all throughout history, church history, when revivals, reviving of the church uh, comes about by God, they have different flavors, but they kind of keep the same characteristics of mm. worship, prayer, confession of sin. What the Holy Spirit does is testify to Jesus. And what's that going to look like? It's going to look like perhaps ordinary things such as prayer, such as fasting, such as mm -hmm. holiness of life. Um, because that glorifies Jesus. And then it lets the world, that, that lets the church see Jesus, and it lets the world have a look into what Jesus is like. And I think that's really key, Jesse, that the reality is when you look back at the history of revivals, when you look at this, because there is, look, is there a, let me take the Greek word revival real quick and go into what the Bible said. Well, okay, there isn't a Greek word revival in the Bible. All right? Oh. Trick. Fooled you. No. All right. Oh. Everyone's like, really? <laughs> um but what there is, is there are revival patterns. Yeah. There are revival patterns in the word of God that we can see there. And what do those revival patterns show? They show the same thing that the great first great awakening was. The second great awakening was that the, there was a, I was looking back at some of the history, the prayer among businessmen in 1857 that led to a national revival, the revival in Los Angeles, the Jesus movement that was around the same time and fueled by, in part, the 1970 Asbury University revival. There are moments we can look at. So what does that look like? Man, Jesse, you were just nailing it there. And, Dad, you were saying that are you on your knees before the Lord, before you point fingers at someone else and say, that's not revival? Have you put yourself in a position before the Lord to say, Lord, I want to see what you see. And to see what you see, mm. I need to make sure my heart is right. Lord, forgive me and start going down the list. If you get into a spirit of repentance before the Lord, the things that start coming to mind, there are times where I'll sit there and I'll be like, well, man, I, I have some things I need to ask the Lord for forgiveness for. And it's kind of like what people would say are smaller things. And then you start going down the list and you open it up and you're like, oh, and there's this and there's that. And then my attitude was wrong. I 
didn't treat my family the right way the other day. It's all these different things. So make sure you are on your knees before the Lord. Are you blasting the worship music? Are you engaged at your local church? Are you serving? Are you part of what God is doing there? Or do you have a silo, isolated faith that is saying, you know what, this is my personal faith, and I don't need this other these other things around me. No, we are the body of Christ, and we should be praying for revival, whatever it looks like. It, Dad, you said it before. It's not going to look the same. It looks different. Each of these great awakenings and the different things, but what I can tell you is keep your eyes open because they weren't planned for, and there were a lot of young people involved. You know, uh, in the Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, C.S. Lewis's great uh, series, uh, Aslan is the Christ figure. Uh, those who've read those books know that. He's a lion uh, in, in this land called Narnia where the animals speak, and uh, these, three, these children are transported there, and soon after they arrive— they learn from Mr. and Mrs. Beaver, who are talking, uh, which is, <laughs> I've never met uh, talking beavers, but they can do that in this story. And uh, they're introducing them to Narnia, and they said, it's very dark here because there is a wicked witch who's been uh, controlling things here, and it's always winter, but it's never Christmas. It's just always mm. frozen here. And uh, the kids are kind of like, wow, where, where did we end up? And then they, they put it this way. In briefing the kids, he says, um, but uh, there's Aslan, and I love these words. He said, Aslan, who is the Lion King, the Christ figure, Aslan is on the move. Mm. I would say in light of the, of the fourth quarter time it is on God's clock, I believe, and many of us do, that the forces of Christ and the heart of God are on the move in our world, and all I know is I want to catch the wave. Oh, yeah. I don't want to miss the wave that could take me places I've never been before with Jesus. But notice, you know, you mentioned the 1970 Asbury Revival that was part of the fuel for the Jesus Revolution. Yeah. As I understand it, something like 200 teams of students went across the country sharing what had happened in their own hearts. And that is part of what stirred a generation of people uh, in a very powerful way in this country. That's one of the one of the things that happens is you don't you don't stay after this. You go. You are yeah. propelled. Why? Because you have seen the majesty of Jesus. You have seen. You've experienced a new reality and a new passion for Him, and you explode. I got to talk about this. I've got to share this with other people, not to share an experience I had, to share a Jesus I've seen. That's what I want to do. And you talk all the time on this program of being Christ's ambassadors. Yep. This is the fire that fuels a huge explosion of ambassadors mm. across a dark, dark culture. It really is. The reality is that people ask, when does revive... How do you, when does it end? How does this end and everything? The answer is I, we pray it doesn't Yeah, because yeah. it has triggered. You look at even moments that weren't, you know, first, second, great awakening, all things like that. But the martyrs, uh, Jim Elliott and the martyrs on the beach in Ecuador, where it was just it spurred a movement that went on for 
years and years. I'm part of that. Exactly. And look, look at how many you've impacted with the hope of Jesus. Do we know how many are going to come out of all God is doing, not just at Asbury, but across this country and around the world through people who are tuning in and catching a glimpse of the wave that God is doing right now? We don't know, but we know that even if it's a small percentage, this world has got something coming to it that it didn't have as much of before, and that's more hope of Jesus. You know, I think we need to be discerning, but we, I think, maybe as Americans— just have a tendency to be skeptical because it's safe. Mm. If we can be skeptical about a movement, then we don't have to worry about getting duped. But I think that was Jesus's main issues or one of his main issues with the Pharisees and Mm. some of the people of his day. There were other messiahs. There were other false messiahs who had come and said, Mm. I'm going to set our people free from the Romans. And I'm sure they could have looked at Jesus and said, okay, what makes you any different? Let's see what you got. Show us a sign. Jesus' problem with that is you're missing what's right in front of you. You are missing what God is doing. You don't see what time it is. This is God at work. And you folded your arms and you've sat back and said, prove it. I don't want my heart to be there. I want to be discerning. I want to be wise. I want to filter everything through the word of God, but I don't want my heart to be closed off to whatever God wants to do. Man, Jesse, that, believe it or not, guys, we're almost at the end of our time already, and I can barely believe that because what I have taken from this is great encouragement, Jesse. What you just said is so spot on that we have got to be able to see what God is doing, not through blinders of that doesn't fit our grid, but to say, do I see God in some of those things, and what are they doing that I could do in my own home? I was challenged. I'm just going to be honest. I was challenged because we have this uh, leadership center here for Native young people, and it's going. It's an amazing year, and we're covering all sorts of topics. And uh, quite honestly, our main worship leader, she was on maternity leave the last month, so fair enough. But she is back uh, at things, and what I realized is we just, over that last month, we haven't had as much worship. We haven't had as much making just that space for that. And so this morning we got to have some special time of worship together. And you just, when you do that, you feel the Lord's presence. You, When you invite the Holy Spirit in to be part of it, you feel his presence in a very real way. So do that with your family. You don't have to know an instrument. You can just sing a song together and pray together and read the word of God together. I loved that worship time this morning, but I had another experience. I was next to the dad, her husband. They have a brand new little baby girl, and I didn't realize it initially when I went up and hugged him, but he had her inside his jacket kind of in this little carrier on his chest. You did the side hug. Otherwise, you would have noticed. If you had just hugged him normal, then you probably— I did, and I looked. I did a double take, and I'm like— there's a little person yep. inside his coat there or inside his shirt or whatever it is. And um, and I thought, you know, all that she is hearing right now, basically, is her father's heart. She Her ear is up against the heartbeat of her daddy. And I thought, isn't that where we want to be right now? I want to have, I want to be close enough to my father in heaven 
that I am hearing his heart and letting him do his new thing. The word of God in Isaiah 43 is, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. I want to just keep the status quo going. He says, I am, see, I am doing a new thing. It is springing up in front of you. Could that be? Do you not perceive it? He said, don't you see? I want to do something new. Don't be so wedded to the old, the way it has been, the way you're comfortable with it, the box you've built for God, that you miss the new thing. There's something new going on. Let's ask him to show us what he wants to do new in our lives and go with him where we've never gone before. We're going to uh, pray for everyone listening in just a minute. It's really on my heart to pray for you who are listening, for the folks at Asbury, for all those being impacted by this. But I have to tell you a, uh, a funny sign I saw. It was funny to me because uh, this over the weekend, you know, they had the 20,000 people coming in. <laughs> and there was one uh, road sign as cars were traveling there that just said, revival over capacity. <laughs> That's not true. All right. If you're listening right now, there is no limit to what God can do because we each can have that in our own hearts, our own lives and our families. Like I said, our businesses, wherever we are, hmm. there can be this presence of the Lord that can change who we are, how we make a difference and make us more effective ambassadors than ever before. That's what we should be taking from this. And it will not be a revival over capacity. We've got plenty of room. So <laughs> let me pray for everyone that's listening right now. Heavenly Father, thank you for the special conversation. We didn't plan most of this, Lord. We just wanted to get together and talk about what you're doing. And I pray that for anyone that's listening that has had skepticism of what you're doing, that you would help that to fall away and that what they would see and hear from you right now is your heart. As Dad was mentioning, I just pray that we would crawl up into your lap, Lord, that we would just listen close to your heartbeat, and that it wouldn't be about things being done a certain way or how we think or our traditions or whatever it might be, Lord, our denominations, but it would just be about you and me, you and the individual that's listening right now, Lord. Mm. We pray that everyone that's been touched by this, the students at Asbury University, all those who have gone to check this out, whatever their motives are in checking it out, everyone who has encountered your presence, all those around the country at these other spots where worship has broken out, where things like this are happening, would they listen to your heart? Would none of this become something that is manufactured or something where they lose what you are trying to tell them. Hmm. I think of the young man who said, I feel called to take this back to my people in South America, a student, their Lord, who wants to go back and bring this to his people, not the revival, but you, Jesus. That's what he's called to do. Would we feel that calling? We know we're all called to bring you to the world around us. Would we faithfully do that? And would you give us a greater passion for that? Be with the leaders at Asbury, Lord, that they would just know how to shepherd these days of post the big crowd being there and everything else. And as they structure things a little differently, would they know how to do that in a way that still leaves plenty of room for you and the Holy Spirit and also starts pointing people outward mm. to the world around them? 
Lord, we know many have been impacted by this. We pray that you would impact us, not because of what's happened at a school, but because of who you are, of what you're doing, Lord. And I pray that for the mom and dad out there right now that don't know what to do with their child, would they be before you in prayer? Would they be filling their homes with worship? Would they be in your word together as a couple and as a family? And would you help show them how they can have a special outpouring? I love that phrase, the outpouring of you in their homes and that they would just walk in obedience to you, Lord. We thank you for this time together and we pray that you would just continue to move mightily across this country and around the world. We know the darkness is getting darker, but there's still a whole lot of light Hmm. and we Hmm. can add to that. We just pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We just want to thank everyone for being part of this around the table for this discussion with us today. We pray it's been an encouragement to you and a challenge to you. We promise that you're going to hear very soon from Doug and our wives about the honor challenge part two. It is coming up very soon. But until then, from all of us to all of you, go Go mad. mad.